Welcome to the Motherhood Village Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Gonzalez-Cumberbatch, and I know firsthand that it takes a village to raise a child, but most importantly, that it takes a village to uplift a mother. A mother's village is necessary and can take up many forms. Consider this podcast as part of your motherhood village. No matter the season of motherhood you're in, every conversation will give you more tools to add to your parenting toolbox, and you'll feel supported, inspired, and uplifted. So let's get into an informative and empowering conversation. Hello and welcome to the Motherhood Village podcast. I am on with a very special guest. I have Mrs. Shelley Muniz, who is an Emmy award-winning journalist who joined the NBC6 News team in December of 2015. Shelley anchors the NBC6 News at 12 p.m. and the NBC6 News at 4 p.m. alongside the NBC6 anchor Roxanne Vargas. Shelley previously anchored the NBC6 today at 5 a.m. and 6 a.m. Shelley, how are you today? Hi, Nicole. Good to see you. I love catching up with you every time. Yes, I'm so excited. Okay, let's dive into this. Working motherhood. Yeah, a a lot comes with that, right? You're a mom (laughs) of one, you're a mom of a soon to be baby girl. Yeah, because I know you announced it. Yes. Before we jump into that, though, tell my audience a bit about your journey as a news anchor and how you got started in your career. It'll pivot into working motherhood because you have a demanding job and why you're so passionate about telling fantastic stories or the stories that you tell on NBC6. Yeah, Nicole, I started this. I want to go back to like elementary school because that's Mm -hmm. when I really found the passion to be a news anchor. I was delivering the morning announcements in elementary school. And back then it was the school lunch. What are we having for lunch today? And ever since then, I had this fascination with being the one to tell people what's what's coming or what's important, uh, what matters to them. And so it's always been about delivering information that is pertinent and can change lives for people. And so ever since then, I've always been curious. And then I went to school, the University of Florida, graduated from there and kind of bopped around to small towns to Augusta, then Orlando, which is a fairly big town, obviously, and then ended up here in Miami, which is home for me here in South Florida. And to be able to tell my community stories where, you know, I grew up and my parents are here and to be able to tell those stories, it hits very differently. And I'm so honored to be able to, to tell stories and to have people turn to us when they need information about whether it's the weather or about what's happening in their child's school or about what's happening in their community and in their neighborhood. And I don't take that duty lightly. With that being said, you know, it is so demanding, right? Because the news is 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I remember my first job back before kids, I would listen to scanners on my phone and fall asleep to them because if something happened, we didn't have an assignment desk because it was a smaller market. And I would (laughs) listen to it, find out what was happening, and then we would send somebody out. So the news is always happening. And that can really consume your life if you let it. And you have to strike that perfect balance if you could find it. So okay, and that'll pivot into a great segue of so how and I don't want to say how do you balance it? Because I think that's such an over asked question. But what have you learned since now becoming a mom? Because like you said, yeah, early on, you had to do what you had to do. I'm sure up early, staying up late, like following the story, right? That's what you hear that people in news, like you have to follow the story. Now that you have a little one and, and you're pregnant now, how has that changed for you? Do you look at stories differently? Do you prioritize things differently? Tell me about that process. Telling stories has certainly changed ever since I became a mom because you 
are felt, you feel these stories so deeply when you can relate to the mom with a two-year-old who is going through a tough time. You understand those struggles for, for folks. And so it has certainly changed my storytelling. It's made me a better journalist, I believe. And I hope so. And I hope viewers feel that way as well. The balance is always a work in progress. And I wish I could tell you I have a beautiful scale that's perfectly balanced. But I think all of us as moms would be lying if we did. I think it's something that we work toward every single day. And, you know, you're juggling different balls. There's a phrase that you're juggling different balls and some of them are glass balls, some of them are plastic. And you realize like which ones you have to let go and which ones you, you can juggle, right? And I think for us, it's when we're home, we're home and we're present and we're intentional and we're, we're fully there. And when we're at work, we're fully a working human being, a working newsroom citizen. We're not mom at work, right? So I just try to be very present in every sector of my life because that's the only way that we can do it. And learning to say no, Nicole. I love the concept of the glass, I was going to say glass balls, but yeah, that you mentioned, because I think it's so clear though, because you could see like, okay, I can't really juggle, like my family time is that glass kind of ball that I can't drop. Like spending time with my husband is a non-negotiable. My child, like all of those things. So, you know, I have to make sure that maybe they go on the calendar first, but the other things that are kind of plastic and you kind of mess with and you can rearrange, maybe a podcast, maybe there are things that you can rearrange. I love the visual aspect of it Mm -hmm. because I think to your point, it's true. Like motherhood is so evolving. I was talking to my dad just yesterday because I'm in it. I have two businesses. And I said, you know, I had to get really clear about outsourcing and certain things because now that my son is a school-aged child, like my priorities from when he was two or three are slight different, right? He was with the nanny or he was in preschool and there was not really much that he needed. Now we're having actual conversations. Maybe there's an issue that happened in school. Like now he needs more of like, talking. So it allows for more of my mental capacity of things to think about school things. So I can't have 20 million things on my plate. Like I have to, I have Uh to make that half. So to your point, I would imagine with your career, it's, it's similar. You're like, listen, the more involved I get now, you're about to have two. you have to really get clear about what your day looks like, what your month looks like and what you're able to do for yourself, because we know it's going to change. And that's the key word, Nicole, what you said is for yourself, what you have to do. And I think in that, that search for balance, we're talking about our kids, we're talking about our job, we're talking about all the duties, but we never really put ourselves first in that. And self-care, if you're not fulfilling your plate, then you're not be able, you're not going to be able to serve other people. And so that's so critical to put yourself first and make sure that whatever it is that you need to keep yourself whole, whether that is self-care and that's physical self-care, getting a massage, getting a facial, or if that's self-care in the sense that it's jotting down, knocking out, you know, that to-do list, or is it a clean house? What does fulfillment look like for you to make you feel like, okay, now I can handle everyone else because I have what I need to feel complete. For sure. And then properly adjusting. So going back to with your news stories, like I would imagine if you're in the thick of it and you get a call and there's taking it back to the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas shooting or something, right? Where you're like, wow. And the reason why I take it back to that, because I would imagine you having to cover that. Like now you're in a mindset of like, wait, this is, this is something that is affecting families. Like it, it takes a lot out of you emotionally. You need to make sure you're good to cover those stories and not only to cover those stories, but now you have a family. So how do you take care of yourself so that you're not projecting and taking what you had to deal with at work 
with you at home, whether you're a journalist, a lawyer, police officer, you work at a supermarket, whatever that is, that you're leaving it where it is. But to your point, you're filling your cup so that you can handle those instances of, oh, my God, this is a this is an emergency or this is a fire that I have to put out. Yeah, the, the Parkland tragedy was one of the toughest stories I've ever had I'm to tell. Sure. My co-anchor lost his babysitter in the tragedy. So he's telling the story, finding out information from his phone and and, you know, taking the commercial break to gather himself and watching all of this and watching these families. And over the, the course of several years, we've gotten to know these families. And, you know, it, it's tough because I remember covering the story initially and later I got off my shift and there was solitude in the sense that I was walking my dog. I was outside and the sun was shining and I felt such guilt by just being able to enjoy that walk with my dog and feel that sun and, and feel like I was getting, you know, joy from that sun. It, it's very bizarre to explain. And I, and I remember texting my co-anchor, I feel such guilt for being able to be outside and, and, when it's so consuming and all we did was talk about this for so long, I felt guilty enjoying the sol- enjoying that solitude that existed. And my co-anchor said, you know, take those snapshots of that solitude that does exist to remind you when you are covering these stories. Because again, the only way to balance death is to live, right? Yes. And it's the only way to be able to serve my community and tell a better story is by making sure that I'm taking these moments to just put myself together, gather myself so that I can serve the purpose of of South Florida. No, that's so poignant. And um, I love how you said that because I think because and let's let's pivot a little bit to telling of the news stories because the landscape is changing. We get information like this now, right? And I know I see your face because I'm sure uh-huh. it's, it's, <laughs> it's overwhelming. Truthfully, it's very overwhelming. How do you deal with it from a news anchor as well as a user and then a mob in the sense of you're getting all this information? I I would imagine most before people that you can't even say because you're like, oh, you get it immediately. And then you have a child. How do you are you still working on it of compartmentalizing and saying, OK, I have to tell these stories it's overwhelming because we're getting information. We have to feed the masses of the information, but then I'm a mom and I need to be present. How do you work with that? Yeah, our industry is changing so much. It's evolving so much. People are not waiting for the 6 p.m. newscast anymore to get their news, right? They can get it immediately. And I think that's something that as an industry, we're trying to adapt to as well and making sure that we're meeting the viewers where they are. So I get it. I'm a user of of, of social media as well. So I consume news just as everybody else does. So that's why it is so important for me to be able to meet that person wherever they are. And it's bringing the news to them, whether it is on their phones or whether it is streaming or whether it is on their TV. And I think our jobs are more important than ever because there is so much noise out there. There are so many sources, there are so many resources and some of them are not the most reliable, right? But, you know, our job is to make sure that we're unbiased and make sure that we're delivering the news in the most straightforward, fully factual way. And we're very good at that. I was very good ask, at delivering the facts, right? Yeah. Let me ask. So 
there's all these like social media sites and mainly, and I'm, I'm not going to say, well, no, they do cover news too, but and I'm not going to say the names of them, but that you can get information. But to your point, I'm always like, my mom's so guilty. Like she'll send me stories. I'm like, ma, like, can we wait until we hear it from like, in my mind, NBC6, like a notable, credible source before like jumping, like lack of a better word, the gun. So yeah, how has that been for you? Do you do you guys just stay clear on that and say, listen, I don't care if XYZ yeah. is posting this immediate story, we need to pause and we need to make sure that we have all the facts, uh, all the facts. So there, we're not having to put in an I don't know what you call like an eradicate, not eradication, but have to like pull back the story because you were incorrect because you saw it here. Because you make a right. really valid point. There is so much information, which was why it's scary for our kids, because <sighs> TikTok, you can diagnose yourself on TikTok and all these things. So I guess, yeah, how do you balance that? Or do you guys just say, listen, these are our values and this is what our goal is and we're staying true to it. And that doesn't change, right? Our values and what our purpose is doesn't change. And the thing what changes, what does change with our industry is the quickness or the urgency that we have to deliver news. Because now something on social media that it's blowing up okay, well, we need to do our due diligence of checking sources and making phone calls. But now it's up, it's gone viral. What do we do, right? And that's when we have to take a step back, stick to our values and make sure that we are crossing every T, dotting every I before then we go put it on our news source. You know, especially with social media that everybody has a phone and everybody has video, but you also have to be careful because some of that stuff might be staged. It might have happened, especially for uh, a war that is, for exact example, the Israel-Hamas war, you could take footage that happened years ago and claim that it happened, you know, since October, and that's not necessarily the case. So we have to yes. make sure that everything that we deliver to our viewers here is factual, it is credited, and we have checked every which way to make sure that this is a, a valid source. No, and I'm glad that you mentioned that because I can imagine though how difficult it is to want to get caught up in that. The yeah. comparison and be like, oh no, we got to run this like ASAP because it went viral. To your point, it went viral. How do we keep up and still make sure? And it's like, no, I think in anything in life, when you're clear on what those values are and you stay true to it, you always come out better. I think when you try and do something that you're not is when things get a little muddy. Okay, let's take it back to motherhood and balancing it. <laughs> what systems, like if, if if there's a mom listening to this, who now you're about to be a mama of, of two, and you are, you are a mom of two, you have a little one growing inside of you. What has even changed from having your first one? Like, what have you seen for yourself that you've had to do even to take care of yourself differently that maybe you didn't do the first time around because now you have a little one needing you, needing you, but you need to take care of yourself and then you are married so you have your husband and family and friends so to a mom listening to this that is like oh Shelly she must have all these things figured out and all these <laughs> resources share maybe some things that have worked for you for you and what you're doing to kind of not be so overwhelmed with this process of motherhood and having a career like you have it really boils down to our village. And that's why the motherhood village was created, right? Because we can't do this alone and we need our support system. And so if I didn't have my husband who's able to help me and I didn't have coworkers who can assist and be there and friends who can be there spiritually for you, emotionally for you, and physically, of course, that's what it boils down to is having that support system and creating boundaries, knowing when something requires your immediate attention and when something can wait. 
and saying no to things. I think I mentioned this to you, Nicole, that I once heard somebody say, would you say yes if it were happening tomorrow? We get so many things asked of us, obligations. Will you go to this party? Will you go to this event? Will you help me here? And it's six months down the line. And you're like, oh, sure, that's six months. Let's agree to it. Then the week comes and you're thinking back, wait, why did I say yes to that? So if that event or if that obligation were happening tomorrow, would you still say yes? And that is a great threshold to figure out what is important, what do you need to prioritize, and what can wait? What can get a no? I like that. And sometimes it's just a no. It's like, I can't, I can't <laughs> I do this. No, With, sorry. No, like, because no. I know moms want to like explain and well, my, and it's like, oh, yeah. I just can't do it. Like, it's just, I don't have the mental capacity to do it, which is now going to lead me to my next question for you. And I know you touched upon it with the tragedy of the Parkland shooting. Now that you are, where did you have your, you didn't have your little guy then. Cause that was no. like six. Uh, my, so my son was like three, four months. And I remember being devastated of just imagining what the parents went through, especially cause my little guy was born, but I'm sure there is a difference of not being a parent yet. And yes, you can imagine, but then becoming a parent and imagining the emotions. How do you, now that you are a mom, how do you compartmentalize or manage these stories? And I know you, you mentioned looking at the lights, but now that you are a mom, how do you like mentally switch gears? Like, how do you do that for yourself? And you're like, all right, I have to cover this story. Yeah. You know, do you allow more of the vulnerability? I think it was Brene Brown that said like vulnerability. Yes. Is courage. Daring great in her book. And, and that is true. Like, I think for so long, it's like, no, you have to be this, but like, we're human. <laughs> you have to feel you, like you said, your eight news co-anchor at the time was like emotional. How have you found reporting these stories? Like what have that done for your mental health? What do you do to continuously fill your cup and switch those gears? It's very difficult, especially now being a mother, when you are telling these stories, when they impact children, you feel them so differently. And, and I really the best way to put it is I think we're all, we all know that we have a job and we all know that we have one goal in mind is to disseminate this information. And there's great uh, responsibility that comes with that. And when we focus on that and knowing that we are serving people in that way, giving them information, empowering them with tools, with resources, with information and knowledge, that is what helps us when the times get really tough because some of these stories are very difficult to tell and you just want to help and you feel as though sometimes you're helpless but knowing that you're delivering a story that could help another family prevent this tragedy or could help another family avoid making this mistake that is where you find your strength when these stories get really difficult to a digest and b to tell so knowing that i could be helping someone maybe saving a life, maybe helping a family in a situation that they're not quite yet in, but could. But knowing that the words that are coming out of your mouth, the scripts that you're reading and writing could change a life really does help kind of soften the blow is the best way to put it. I would imagine, yeah, it changes your perspective and what you're doing. So instead of looking at it like, I don't want to say just a job, but it's your purpose. It sounds like this is something that is, that is so purposeful you to you that you're like, listen, this is this is who I am. <laughs> like you said, from a little girl, like this is in me to tell these stories. How do you hope to instill in your son and now your baby girl or soon to be baby girl of like, this is what mommy does and your approach to balancing work and motherhood. And like, what do you hope that they take from watching you, you know, tell these stories and do the work that you do? 
I hope that they feel as though they can do something that they love. That, I mean, this is, was a dream when I was in elementary school, right? And you think, oh, well, sure, that she'll get over that by she, the time <laughs> she gets in high school or college. But it's something that I really pursued and mm-hmm. I was able to accomplish. And no matter how this ends for me in the long run, right, with, with, with the industry and what it ends up being or looks like, I got to achieve my goal of being a news journalist. And that for me is just so incredible to think about. And the six-year-old Shelly would be so proud of. (laughs) And I hope (laughs) that my children will be able to see that as well, that whatever they want to do, they can actually achieve it, no matter how big or small that is. And that working is okay, you know, because it's hard for us to leave the house (laughs) every day and like, mom's going to work again, you know, but I, I want them to feel proud of me. And feel as though that, hey, I'm doing something for them. Like, this is for them. It's the true. And your little guy, I know, and, and it'll take time, but like my six-year-old, I remember one day he he scoffed at me because I said I had a support group. And he's like, oh, another support group. <laughs> and I was like, buddy, like you would imagine like I'm gone every night. But to him, three nights out of the month, and he associates yes. my podcast like he knows. So to him, he's like, I don't care what that is. You're taking my, that's taking mommy away from me. So we just have really open in conversations. So if there's any, I guess, advice that I can give you considering like I am gone and I'm sure nowhere near of like the prep and stuff that you have, but I am gone in the evenings. And now that my, my developing and growing with the motherhood village next year, I just have open conversations with him. And he asked me, he was like, mommy, why do you do the motherhood village? And I was like, because I want to help moms. And I told him the truth. I said, mommy struggled and if what I can do to help another mom help her baby boy or baby girl, that's what I want to do. And he was just like, okay, doesn't mean maybe that he doesn't wish I stayed home, but I think it allows a perspective. And I was like, and this is what I want to do. And he was like, okay, like, all right, I got the answer. So I think over time, like just have those open conversations. I think for a long time, I'm sure I know the way I was raised is like, they didn't explain that kind of stuff. And maybe our parents weren't living their dreams either. Like they had to work to put food on the table, but to your back to you of living your purpose, like you're able to really explain, like, this is what I was meant to do. And I'm trying to do in a way that serves people. And I'm sorry, I have to pull away from you at times, but I promise you it's serving you as well. Yeah, right? that's a great, oh, that's great advice. Thank you so yes. much for that. Because that, it, it really is about just being genuine and open and talking out the process because yes. they don't understand what is work? What is that? It's just a moment where mom's not here, but what is that? And what could, and I bring him here to the station. He's been here a number of times. And, you know, when he sees my colleagues on TV, he's like, mommy's amigos, mommy's amigos. So, you know, as much as a two-year-old can understand, but I want him to know and bring him in so that he, it's not just something that's, that takes mom away. And truthfully, and this is from talking to experts on the podcast, you don't want him to associate or any mother listening to associate work as a negative connotation. To your point, you love like, they're going to have to work. Our children have to, I mean, we're not, we're not, you know, unless we hit the lottery or we're going to increase something. No, we're not. Like our kids. Supporting them forever. (laughs) You know, like our kids have to work. They have to make a living and figure out what their purpose is. So to me, I'm like very instinctively and in talking to experts, like, start it from young and don't have that negative connotation with anything, nap time, sleep time, like don't threaten or make it seem like, like it's work again. Like really try and make them see like work provides us a house, a roof over our head, food to eat. It allows mommy to help to let them see like, okay, like this is actually something other than like, mommy's got to go do work, right? Like there's, mm-hmm. there's something involved with this. Before we part ways here, 
Is there any any final thoughts that you'd like to share for a mom listening to this? Anyone that might be struggling? We're heading heading into um, holiday season. I think this will air maybe end of December, January. So New Year. Any final thoughts you want to impart to the mamas and maybe some dads that are listening? I think it's just to be able to ask for help and to be vulnerable because there is courage and vulnerability. And I think so many times we don't want to ask for help. And it is so cliche, but how many times have you been in a situation that you could just use a hand and you don't ask for it just because, you know what, I'm just going to handle it. It's better if I do it myself. It'll get done the right way. But outsourcing is great. And that'll help you be able to prioritize yourself and your whatever your North Star is, whether that's your spouse or whether that's your children and your spouse. So I think that's it's it's just reaching into that village that's going to allow us to, to, to thrive and, and being true to yourself in the sense that what it is that you want to do so that you can stay on course, whether it's a to-do list, if you have sure. to create these to-do lists and knock them out and, you know, write them down so that you can visually see that you're crossing them off. It's just about whatever it is that you need to do, whatever works for you to be able to live your purpose in the words of Nicole, live your purpose. <laughs> And do it successfully. No, for sure. You have to tap in. I think once we become moms, we lose sight of who we are. And I know it's a struggle to get back. So any mom listening to this, if you're in it, like it does get better, take it day by day, give yourself grace. But to your point, when we do kind of come out of that other side, like it's okay to understand that and that tapping into like, what does Shelly want? What does Shelly enjoy? What does Shelly need right now? And understanding that. So, and the only way we can do that is being vulnerable with ourselves and saying, I need this, whether it's from our partners, our friends, our family, even our children to say, mommy needs to do this to make mommy happy. So then you can be happy. (laughs) Yeah. And giving people grace. I don't think we give enough grace to other people. And you just really never know what people are going through. And being in this industry, you realize just how much, how many struggles there are from the smallest to the largest. And people still show up every single day, whether it's with a smile or whether it's just they're kept to themselves, but they show up every single day and uh, you just never know what people are going through and just being compassionate with, with folks and um, extending a hand. Oh, you make a way. good point to end with that because I think a lot of times let's let's end it on a positive note. A lot of times we we do make the connotation like the news negative, right? Because there is a lot, but I think you make such a valid, important point to end this with of like, there is great in this world. So as much as I'm sure you're seeing, yes, there's probably some really tough stories, but it probably is offset by like so many amazing stories of heroes in the community and people, like you say, that show up, that are doing the things that we don't even maybe know that are out there. So that's awesome to end that I'm sure that this also allows you to see the beauty that is in the world, the light that is in the world. And there is so much light. Every week we get to bring stories in particular about foster children. And we have had so many success stories where we highlight a child in foster care every week. And we've had families who've said, I'm coming forward and I want to take this child home. And that just warms your heart. Roxy does that, my co-anchor. And it's just so fulfilling for all of us to see. We did a story about a dog who'd been in an animal shelter for 400 days. Okay, 400 days, that's insane. And it was an elder dog, so not a lot of people wanted him. And one woman met him and said, nope, that is my soulmate right there, and adopted him. And he'd been in foster care for more than a year. So there's so much good in this world, and that's what we have to spread. Spread love, spread compassion, spread grace, 
And that's good. That's great to end with it. Shelly, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing your lights with us for all that you do when you're reporting the stories. Thank you so much for coming on and continued blessings to you for love and light. Thank you. Nicole, thank you for what you're doing for our community. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this impactful episode of the Motherhood Village podcast. Subscribe to my show so you'll never miss a future episode. You may also rate and review on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with someone that can use it as part of their motherhood village. Remember, your village can take up many forms and you do not have to do it alone. Connect with me at themotherhoodvillage.com. Blessings to you for love and light.